Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChambaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Audio Frontier. It is entry number 31, and it's Wrestling Daft The Marks. Hailing from Larbert, weighing in at 185 pounds. I'm John. I'm with me a man. Bigger than the time it took Paul Heyman to uncuff Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. It's Big Alex. It was absolutely shocking, wasn't it? Like, how is how is a man that's been around wrestling so long never taken off a pair of handcuffs? I mean, it tells you probably a little bit more than you need to know about how kinky his sex life is, but... Well, not kinky at all, probably. Exactly. Heyman's apparently a very vanilla man. He just can't work a key. What the hell? Um, And with him tagging alongside him. Uh, it's a man who this week has spoke to the legends that are the Bushwhackers. Uh, he's walking down with a funny walk onto the podcast. It's Gary Cassidy. Aye, so um, a, a wee belt off of that one that, that I'll let you in on before oh, I here start, we go. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm presuming we're going to get to hear this interview on the podcast. Aye, aye, it'll definitely be available. But, uh, uh, you know, so we've spoken before about our respective ages and, and yeah. I was six when the Bushwhackers left WWE, so I, WWF. So I, so I don't remember much of them apart from having the wee Hasbro figures, seeing the march, and then when they came back, you know, when they were in ECWs, the, the I can't remember their names, but they were the extended Dudley family and the gimmick battle royal. But I was asking them just all, all sorts of things about their gimmick, and they were just um, just brilliant. Uh, but the last question I asked them was, "Who's the worst person you've licked?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't give me a wrestling answer which was annoying so I was really hoping they would give me you know Bret Hart or something like that I, I, I don't even think they were in any interaction with him but they spoke to me about um, how they done Family Matters you know the show with Urkel um, in America mm, I yeah. think I do yeah, you've seen, I've seen yeah. a lot of like American TV shows and stuff so they done that and apparently he went and uh, licked a woman's face it was a former gladiator and essentially couldn't breathe because they had an allergic reaction to the uh, makeup she was wearing and they were choking <laughs> on the makeup the full time but then they said oh I, I gave her the best licking she's ever had on her face no down under because obviously they're <laughs> New Zealanders <laughs> I was just like oh no <laughs> it's like, I'm glad this is different in PG <laughs> that oh, can't be I can, so it was great <laughs> just popped can, me the full time <laughs> on that who do you think would be the worst wrestler to lick it depends on how you, the different types of fake tan they use. Is it imagine some would taste nicer than others, and then different types of baby oil as well? Maybe some have flavored baby oil for that exact mm. reason. Probably, I'd say Boogeyman just because his diet consists of worms. But I'm thinking, weirdly, the best I think might be Otis because I think it would just taste like ham. Because all we know about him is he consumes a lot of ham. So, uh, <laughs> I don't you never think, know. I don't. Harry, I'm not going to be able to see Otis as anything other than a ham <laughs> from now on. Like you know. It's, I, I, I don't think what you consume makes you taste like that, Gary. I'm no biologist here or a doctor. Have you never heard the rumours about the pineapples, John? There is a thing about pineapples, <laughs> yes, but we won't go into that, Alex. You get your mind out of the gutter. Anyway, Gary started it. Gary started it talking about the bushwhackers yeah. and their 
<laughs> giving her the best lick out she's ever had. Best right. licking, sorry, that was the term. Lick, licking, not licking. Oh, God almighty. Right, let's get our minds out the gutter and get into the Royal Rumble. Gary, you day, Mr. Patreon pay-per-view. Thanks as ever to everyone that joined in the Patreon pay-per-view party. Shout out to Pablo as ever, regular Robert and his wife. Um, they're always good. They're always cracking into the whiskey when they're on. Who else is on? Bronze Chill, who'll be on the show later on to, to do the buddies and putovers. Um, thanks for everyone. Divers, Tom, the whole shebang. Um, all on, all on the Patreon pay-per-view. We watched that along on the Monday night. Gary, you sat up and watched it live. We asked you what you thought of it ahead of it and you gave it an eight and a half out of ten what was so good about this year's royal rumble i i, I loved it i thought um in terms of just pay-per-view start to finish as opposed to like i, I think the royal rumble pay-per-views normally you're just like oh, I just want the two matches Aye. like i don't really care about any of the other matches but i thought you know obviously the, the, i love the way the drew match turned it even though i don't like seeing goldberg in the ring it was probably the best use of him since before he returned in 2016. I Am love, I the only one who's still getting that. over the fact that he actually put someone over and then looked really fucking unhappy about it? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I actually thought, um, I wasn't sure. I, I couldn't tell how his reaction was, but I, I just loved the way they used them like that. I thought that was great. You know, having a title change on the pre-show as well, even though it wasn't a match that I really cared about that much, having a title change on the kickoff show is quite a big thing as well it was the women's tag team championships can we just put an next to and that and then they did work that into the show yeah they did. like it became yeah. part of the female royal rumble so but I, I just thought um i don't think any royal rumble match for me is going to compare like booking wise and storyline wise to last year i think that's probably going to always be you know one of my favorites and definitely up there uh, but I thought this one was really good. Obviously, a lot of good surprises. Loved the women's match. Um, wasn't so big on the VR truth thing that happened, but don't really mind it. Um, and I just thought everything was good about it. You know, the the Roman Reigns Kevin Owens match. It's like uh, it's between the two rumbles. It'll be a pee break match. Was the opposite of a pee break match. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Loved the full thing. Yeah, we were talking about that on the the Patreon pay per view party. Is no one's really a massive fan of the last man standing. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a particular big fan of it. I prefer a false count anyway. Oh, you just mean like the gimmick overall? Yeah. I thought that was really, really good. Um, some great spots in it as well. Um, and Reigns' chemistry is just off the charts now, really, isn't it? And it's, it's going, they're starting to have a bit of a tradition now of actually having good championship matches during the Rumble card. Yeah. That's like, you know, like a good number of years in a row now, or at least more like six out of five or something like that. And they also, it's continued their run of just another good pay-per-view. Like, when was the last bad WWE pay-per-view? Like, last year? The beginning of the year, maybe? Survivor and... Seas wasn't great, was it? <laughs> they kind of... Wasn't it terrible? It was terrible. It wasn't Anyway, like, but it wasn't, it wasn't the worst. But I, and I think also, without giving the game away too much, uh, when we get to the biddies and putovers, it done the impossible and made Raw exciting. So, yeah. uh, oh, well, I think, I think we were all legitimately <laughs> surprised at the winner and like, and how long a certain Mr. Copeland lasted in that match. Who knew Edge had it in him to last an hour and 10 minutes? That, that, was, in, that was incredible that you know they stretched out because we you see him coming in, um, at number one, you think, right, well, there's no way he's going to go on to win it. Um, what was the, the biggest pop for you, Gary? I'm get, I'm, I know exactly what it was, but I'll, I'll ask you anyway. Annoyingly, actually, on the edge note, I think that gave the game away because they announced he was at number two. And then when he came out at number one, I was going, well, I know why he's at number one, because he's definitely going to win. <laughs> yeah. But um, the biggest pop, I think, 
Definitely Christian. I don't think there's yeah. any two ways about it. But the one that always gets me, and I actually really like Victoria coming back as well. Um, but the one that always gets me is Hurricane. Anytime <laughs> he's back, just as soon as I hear the music, I, I just absolutely love seeing Hurricane in the ring. So. John pointed out that he's wrestled in, or at least appeared on AEW Impact and WWE in the same calendar year, and can't think of anyone else that's done that. So, yep. Good on him for milking that gimmick as far as it's worth. Possibly Zack Ryder, but I'm not sure when his last uh, WWE appearance was, but possibly Zack Ryder. But (laughs) Zack Ryder's a young, fit guy. (laughs) Like, Hurricane is not, (laughs) and he's still earning the money. Um, Who was the kind of standout guy in the Rumble for you guys? Uh, I mean... it was actually a difficult one. I don't think there was any huge standouts. I thought they booked Priest really well and Riddle really well. I was going to say Matt Riddle. I thought Matt Riddle looked like a million dollars in that match. Was there not a lot of talk that well. potentially he got some of Keith Lee's spots due to Keith's unforeseen or unfortunate situation with COVID? So there's a very bizarre one on that where apparently, and I don't know where this came from because I'd just seen it literally like right before we came on, but somebody's saying that his replacement was Otis. And I'm going, there's no way his replacement was Otis because Otis was already announced. The one that I would think was Ricochet uh, because obviously he failed uh, in his qualification Mm. match and then ended up in the match. But I I don't know. It's hard to look past Edge as the standout just because he was there for the full thing. But I think I... The one that I came away for going that's really excited me was Damien Priest. I, I yeah. think that was one that I came away for going, I can't wait to see what this guy does next. But I think almost, almost, almost as well. Almost was, was a, uh, he was amazing. But I think and actually, Reginald, Reginald, too. You've got to give Reginald his dues as well. He was fucking. I just I want I want to see more of Reginald in every capacity. The guy's yeah. absolutely brilliant. But I think for me, the one standout across the full thing was Ripley. I think Rhea Ripley just looked yeah, book, brilliant book, in every way. They booked her really well. And I thought, same with Bianca Belair as well. I Aye. mean, obviously, you know, it was great to see her to, to go on and win it as well. And, and let's just hope... with Charlotte and the three of them as the last three, I think was terrific. And that little like, face-off they had with the three of them, that's yeah. obviously going to be where WWE is going to take Charlotte's storylines for the next kind of year. So I'm glad Ripley and Charlotte didn't get their rematch. So Yeah. Yeah, no. Like, let's just hope they they don't fuck up the booking with uh, with uh, Bellier. There, you know, they've already kind of given it a good go with it, boy. So we'll see how it goes. But no, I, overall, I, I thought really, really good rumble. Um, like you say, Gary, as a pay per view itself, I thought it was pretty pretty bloody. I didn't, I couldn't pick out under many four hours as well. Last year's rumble was six hours. It's amazing Aye. what WWE like. It just kind of goes to show that Raw's biggest problem is the fucking time frame, and everyone knows it. <laughs> and they can produce good content if they just have a limited time span. Also, one interesting note on it that obviously one of them ended up on the kickoff, but it's, I think, the first ever WWE pay-per-view to have a 50-50 gender split in terms of the card. Oh, really? Three men's matches, three women's matches. I'm not wow. sure about that fact. I think I've pulled that fact out there and can't think yet to combat it, so I've not actually researched it fully. But For the sake of today, Gary, we'll say that's an interesting uh, fact. <laughs> well done, Gary. I like that fact. We'll definitely I'm, sure if, I'm sure if you're wrong, you will get called out on Twitter. Uh, yeah, of course you will. Of course you will. Um, so, yeah, no, good rumble all around. Um, and it, it just go. I mean, just further on to that, I'm assuming Edge is going to go after Reigns. I thought everybody was saying that it's going to be Edge and Drew and then Reigns and Brian, but I think Brian, I'm probably going to upset a lot of people here. I don't think he's got another title running him. I think he's doing the putting over people before he becomes part-time type mode. Yeah, if he was 
if he was going to get it, he had to have won on Sunday, didn't he? And he would get on like, the last Mania moment and that would have been it. But that's obviously not happening. Literally, the only way I could have seen it not being Reigns and Edge would be if it was Goldberg and Reigns, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the way. And this way, they can get their spear versus spear, a better spear versus spear match than they were going to get. You know, I I know everybody loves Edge as a heel, but if we get crowds in the building, who's going to boo Edge? Absolutely nobody's going to boo Edge, so you might as well stick him with Reigns. Realistically, I think the the match between Edge, Roman and Edge is also less... It's less of a sure thing who wins that. I think if Edge went I, up against Drew, I think we'd all be saying, yeah, Edge is going to win that belt. But against Roman? And it, I think they've... I know that people might want to see Roman keep the belt, but I think they've built Roman that well as a heel that if Edge is to beat Roman, he will still get cheered by a live crowd because Roman's that good a heel and Edge obviously never lost the belt and has this ridiculous redemption story. So I think... I'm sure that's the only way to go. And I thought that I was in like the majority, but a few people were saying to me, no, definitely no, it's got to be Edge versus Drew, no. Roman v. Brian. And I was it's like, no, nah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You're right. It's, it's absolutely the only way to go. What about, and they did um, have Seamus turn on Drew on Monday. So they've potentially already started Drew's potential WrestleMania story there. Yeah, true, true. What about Belair? I think definitely Sasha Banks, no two, no two ways about it. I think um, actually... I wrote an article I can plug uh, inside the ropes. Kenny was on a chat with Bianca Belair uh, before, I can't remember what pay-per-view it was, but last year, and she said that her dream WrestleMania match would be against Sasha Banks. So right. she's breaking kayfabe if she does not shoes, Sasha. <laughs> did, did, he, did he turn Belair heel in the meantime? Because we know that's what she, she was in NXT. I think you'd have to turn the Speed Profits as well, because this is the thing now. They've, they've started making these links between couples, and you can't have face one and heal the other well you, well, you can Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch look at that I think I'd actually rather I, I mean I don't really want them to turn Sasha heel again but I much prefer Sasha's probos when she's a heel I think she's great at working in the ring as a face but I think you can either go face v face or I would probably turn Sasha because I think you get a really good feel good moment if Bianca Belair wins or, or match at the at WrestleMania, or, or does the title get dropped all the way to WrestleMania elimination? They could, oh, I they could do that because you know, Bailey of you, Bailey has been the storyline. Yeah. <laughs> that has been the full story that's there and ready to go. If they have Bailey win the title at Elimination Chamber or Fastlane, I think is the yeah, Fastlane. Well, there's a lot of talk about Fastlane. So. Like, I think we're all predicting Fastlane's actually going to be a big deal this year because it's the first show on Peacock. Yeah. So, oh, normally I, just get swept I under the rug. Yeah, I forgot that's actually going to be on Peacock. I thought Mania was the, the first yeah. one, but Fastlane will probably have something big happening then. Yeah, I, I, I want to see a big Fastlane swerve this year, just A for Peacock and B for the sake of fucking swerve. I wonder if they, they, they do the switch at Elimination Chamber, however, and, you know, so they, they, they save away Bailey and Sasha and they do the switch at, you know, where, where Sasha doesn't, you know, lose the title really through a straight match. Um, and, and she loses it through shenanigans at Elimination Chamber. I don't even think you need to leave it through shenanigans in Elimination Chamber. You can just have like a three-on-one situation and down she goes kind of yeah. thing. You know? uh, yeah, I wonder what that'll be interesting. Anyway, we'll see where that ends up. Um, great rumble, though. Really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, next, thanks for everyone that came on to Patreon pay-per-view, as I said. And um, we're going to do our next one. is going to be WrestleMania. We might do Elimination Chamber, but definitely oh, Saturday. You no, know, then all the stings come back. Oh, well, 
we'll wait and see we'll wait and see we'll see if we can get something on the go but uh, thanks for joining in on that and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the rumble as well um, we'll be getting on to the TV shows it's what I, we've done it again it's one of those weird weeks we're going to go back and look at the TV shows from across the week um, we're going to be doing uh, Dynamite NXT uh, Smackdown and of course Raw and the company of our guest Mark the current Guest Mark Champion, uh, Bronze Chill. He will be on doing Smackdown for us. Uh, Gary will have all the news a bit later on. We're back on Fantasy Booking Island this week as we book Conor McGregor in the WWE the first six months. Looking around, it looks like Gary's forgot to do his homework. Uh, and <laughs> I Alex... forgot what it was. So I was hoping you'd mention it before we get to the end yeah, so I can yeah. think about it during. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, and Alex, you've had two weeks now to think of this, so it better be bloody good. And Alex has also totally forgot about to do it all days. He's very tired from watching the Rumble last night. So, Right, okay. We'll wait and see where that ends up. That's a great sell for the show, guys. Well played. Um, and John, how prepared are you then? I'm all prepared. Uh, I can't wait for Akira Tazama. It's past four in the morning. I've got a booking in my head. Don't you worry about that. Uh, but before all of that, let's cut a promo. I have... A lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, okay, give me the microphone. First of all, um, it needs to be noted uh, as an aside promo. Uh, while at, well, doing the Patreon pay-per-view party and watching the Rumble with Alex, he ordered the pizza, Gary, and let me tell you about this pizza, okay? Pineapple on it. No, nope. no, <laughs> it did not have, but it did have, however, onion badgie and an egg. Would you like me to... I, I can probably read you the full ingredients list. I uh, go, go for that. I think that's worthwhile. <laughs> give, give me two seconds. So, I mean, already, if anyone... It already sounds worse than pineapple on pizza, Amy. That uh-huh. is it. <laughs> yeah. This is Alex's pizza. How do I, I get I'm... my old orders up on delivery? God damn it. <laughs> I, I can imagine... We'll, we'll just pause it for a minute, Alex. I want to hear the, you know, like the MNS. I want you to do it in the style... Of the MS food advert when you read out this fantastic creation. You Orders. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> here we go. An MS style. On this beautiful pizza, we had red sauce, mozzarella, egg, chorizo, black pudding, red onion, sweet corn, jalapenos, sun-dried tomatoes, gherkins, rum hock ham, or as we know it on this podcast, Otis ham. <laughs> chocolate chili pulled pork onion badgie and it was fucking delicious might I add to the end of it if you take the egg and the onion badgie off that it sounds fantastic to me but I'm not having the egg or the onion badgie chocolate, <laughs> as, chocolate as chili get yourself in the oh, chocolate chili is absolutely incredible with that is almost everything that I've got sweet and savoury it's like chocolate and chili mixed in I've got like Jesus. fudge for a place in um, aloe that's like chocolate chili and also just chocolate chili or chocolate and chili is brilliant right, okay. so I, like my sister swears by putting chocolate into her actual chilies as well it's yeah I do, I, do, I do I have to say I put a bit of dark chocolate in my chili I have to admit that but on a pizza get no no I'm not having it anyway we're not going to talk about Alex's pizza and promo we're going to do something <laughs> slightly wrestling related this week that I want to cut a promo on and this was pointed out when we went to the commentary table last night uh, watching the rumble there's Corey Graves with a fucking turtleneck now Gary <laughs> I'm looking at you I can't work out if you're a turtleneck wearer or have you worn a tur- turtleneck in the past 
I never have. I've been tempted, but I don't know if it's a good or a bad idea. Over the past, you know, year and a half, I've put on a wee bit of timber. So um, I'm not sure if a turtleneck would be complementary to the to, to fixing the double chin problem, or if you just grow the beard a wee bit more. But nah, I'm not really a turtleneck guy. I think um, I think it'd be really annoying. It's better, you know, you've got stubble. It's gonna be itchy and all that. It's not nano for me, and I think they look a bit Bond villain esque. Yeah, have you ever right now? Because uh, turtlenecks, right? I'm I am not a fan of the turtleneck. I think you you and I'm sorry if you yeah tur- turtleneck wearer out there. I apologise. I apologise profusely. But you look like a bit of a dick in a turtleneck, don't you? <laughs> and have you ever? I met... think people that wear turtlenecks definitely wear those uh, the trousers that are way too tight, which is fine because I wear very tight trousers. Yeah. But the very short ones with no socks and then those shoes that look like slippers. Yeah, so chains I'm, as well. Chains and turtlenecks seems to have become a bit of a oh, thing. Oh, yeah. but, but the rock. That's, the rock. Aye, That's so, the rock, isn't it? The rock on the infamous picture wore a turtleneck with the bum bag and the chain, didn't he? Right, okay, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should turn about turn if I'm about to cut a promo. But yeah, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever met anyone that wears a turtleneck and I've liked them. I don't, you know, when you're introduced with someone with a turtleneck, you go, oh, this guy's going to be a fucking prick and end up talking about politics and shit. And like, you're just like, no, just, you, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they generally drive a Jag or a BMW. <laughs> what, what are you driving, good man? I drive a Jag. Are you not just jealous that they actually drive a Jag or the BMW? Is no! that not what this really is, John? They're just pricks. So <laughs> listen, if you do wear a turtleneck and you're a good guy, apologies, but... Generally, anyone I've met with a turtleneck. And Corey Graves, I don't know if Corey Graves is a prick or not. He seems a little bit of a prick. Gary, you might have the inside scoop. Is Corey Graves a prick or not? I have never spoken to him. Um, I quite like the guy just by virtue of him being covered in tattoos and on TV. But I have heard from someone who will remain nameless who has interviewed him that he is not the... Not, uh, yeah, yeah, not the politest person. They, uh, they interviewed <laughs> him and Carmela, said Carmela was lovely and Corey Graves just couldn't give a fuck. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so it might have been a bad day. Everybody has a bad day. Yeah, we do, we do. <laughs> but translate, not the politest person, so prick. So there we go. Theory proved. There we go. Up the road. Thank you very much. Yeah. Get in the bin, turtlenecks. <laughs> Yes, it's time to look back at the weekly shows as we bury and put over stuff from them. Um, Alex does AEW, I do NXT, Gary does Raw, and our guest mark, the current title holder of the guest mark title, Mr. Bronze Cello, friend of the show, is going to do SmackDown. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing great, guys. Yourself? Excellent. We were just talking about the Rumble. You were a big fan of it as well. You were on the Patreon pay-per-view party. Yeah, I uh, really, really enjoyed it. Um, my only problem was, I think, with the women's, I think the wrong woman won. I would have liked to have seen Rhea Ripley Ooh. have it. Um, because SmackDown's so done, really so <laughs> Smartdown's done a really good job of, you know, elevating Bianca. Um, Bailey's done a great job with her. And even if they carried on the path with her, I don't think she needed the Rumble win to actually maybe even be in the WrestleMania title picture so if, if Rhea had won it they could have put her straight on Raw maybe had her against Asuka and Charlotte that's that's kind of my take on it but yeah really enjoyed both matches so happy Christian came back big fan of him years ago uh, I was more of a Christian guy than Edge so yeah 
Oh, really? Um, um, yeah, you were in the Thunderdome for it, Paul. What was the experience like? You've been in the, the, a couple of times and you got in for the... Th- what was the experience like in the Thunderdome for the Rumble? I think they were having some audio problems. We didn't really hear microphones. Like, um, it's, it's hard to explain. The music was quite muffled. And when Bad Bunny, which is probably a good thing, when he was performing, we didn't hear him singing. We literally heard the instrumental track, so yeah. It, yeah. It you got to see Booker T standing there looking like a badass that was by far the best part of that segment anyway. So. <laughs> to, Michael Cole saying Jai Bro was like the best thing ever because I'm going, if Booker T was near you and heard that, we would have an impromptu fist fight. Yeah. <laughs> on, on <the> go. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, totally different experience. You know, I can say that virtually I've been to a rumble, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it didn't cost me nothing well there you go absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so let's get into the shows as usual I, I pre-fade this with uh, the basically chat that we're going back in time we've talked about the rumble we should get that sound <laughs> uh, we're going to the, the go home shows uh, and let's start off with Alex in AEW because that had nothing to do with the rumble anyway Exactly. And I'm going to do something crazy this week. And all of my footovers are going to be actual wrestling matches. What? So I'm going to get my nonsense out of the way first. Right. And then we'll, then we'll talk about wrestling in the wrestling podcast. So my first bury this week, John Moxley, who the fuck drinks room temperature water? What's that all about, mate? Like, <laughs> who's ever come in one day and be like, you know what I want right now? I just want a tepid glass of water that would really just hit the spot right now. See all the <laughs> that he done on uh, WWE that they tried to do to make him look like a lunatic? They could have just said that one sentence and I'd have believed it. Exactly. And like, <laughs> does he live next to a building site? Because I, I, I can't imagine that's a safe place for him and Renee's future child to go up next to. <laughs> but he's there every fucking week. And speaking of nonsense, I also have to bury Sting because the man is terrible at smashing windows with baseball bats. Like, I mean, come on, really. like, That was like points. the retribution thing all over again where they threw a brick through a window that was already smashed. It was well, like again, the exact same segment. Well, you see, I think Sting and Darby were perhaps in the warehouse that was behind John Moxley and then went on some kind of like AW day out to the warehouse to film all their promo material. So it was good though. I mean, I'm not sure how I feel about Sting referring to himself as a hooligan, but yeah, storyline, what can I say? On to the wrestling. First put over the night, Adam Page versus Ryan Nemeth. I was quite happy to see Dolph's wee brother in the ring. I thought he did a good job. He's ripped off enough of Dolph so that you know who he is, but he's also cut the hair, so he looks like that version of Dolph that Vince hated because he looked really generic. But it was a good match, and I think I'm hoping they do something with Adam Page and Matt Hardy. I think it'd be a good storyline for the two of them, and hopefully it ends up with, like, Page rejecting him and kind of carrying on with his kind of low persona, as I can kind of see that being a storyline for the foreseeable future as people just trying to make friends with him and him just panning them off because he's still a hurt, hurt man. Uh, my second put over of the evening was Dax Harwood versus Jungle Boy. It was a great match, built really well. I mean, Dax probably loves his headlocks a little, little bit too much, but I think it helped build the match. The right man won, Jungle Boy got a huge win, and they even didn't oversell the corny bits with Luchasaurus and uh, Cash and Tully all chained together. I thought it was quite good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love your use of the word corny there, because when I was watching the end, my first thought was, I wonder what Jim Cornette thinks of this. 
Well, <laughs> <laughs> I like the way they really worked it. Like, first of all, it was the two of them holding back Luchasaurus during all of like Dax's 18,000 headlocks, and then it quickly changed to like Luchasaurus holding the two of them back. So it was good. I liked the use of the gimmick, it was nice. And I kind of felt sorry for them because the match of the night had to be the Dark Order versus the Bullet Club. It was just terrific, really, wasn't it? Like, it was, it turned into the spot fest we all thought it would be because I think. I, I'm starting to think of like Silver and Reynolds are almost as spot festy as the Bucks, and I'm totally down for it. So they've even combined what Silver and Reynolds' little usual obstacle course, and then they put a little fatality on the end of it with Grace and Nuno. And then we got that huge quadruple bullet club super kick, and even had Kenny Omega running down to the ring with his one shoe towards the end of the night. So terrific job, great main event, and it's helped build till next week. But before I finish, I need to do a quick turning Japanese running. Sorry, John, this is unscheduled, but you okay. just have to deal with it. So put over number one. John Moxley has finally fucking turned up on New Japan Storm on Friday nights. And it's looking like, I believe, originally under Moxley's contract, he was only allowed to work New Japan dates in Japan. But it looks like good cunt Tony Khan has once again been good cunt Tony Khan and is allowing Mox to wrestle at the dojo in the US. So great news there. I do have to kind of put a little my heart and soul out to Mr. Shingo Takagi for our patron, Mr. Dow, who gets very upset when I never mention him. He unfortunately dropped his never open weight title to Hiroshi Tanahashi, but losing to Tanahashi in New Japan is like losing to Cena in WWE. It doesn't actually hurt you in any way. And Tanahashi's hitting that spot now. He's really dropping down to the mid card and he's starting to really make the stars. So I'm hoping that they actually get a nice wee program together and you start to see Shingo rise up the mid card. And the final turning Japanese quarter of the week, I promise, John, is that Jay White did not sign for WWE. He's back. There you go. I think that the the Moxley thing, I think, is an interesting point because I remember that being the thing that, and I think it's the same with Jericho, where it was, you can wrestle in Japan, for New Japan, but you can't wrestle anywhere in North America. But I think it's now at the point where Tony Khan probably knows if John Moxley turns up, it's going to be the headlines everywhere will be AEW's John Moxley turns up in New Japan. <laughs> so I think it's just a win-win situation for everybody. It's a, it's a smart business decision. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yep. way better to improve the relationship with New Japan and let Mox wrestle than it is to not. And it's as you said, it's free publicity, isn't it? So yep. I understand why they didn't do it when he was the champion, but now he's no longer. It makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, turning Japanese, we'll get that back very soon, won't we? What's the next big thing, Japanese-wise, Alex? They're still, I mean, we've got, they're kind of doing a bit of this new beginnings tour at the moment. So there's a couple of shows going on over in Japan, kind of simultaneously with the States. So they kind of reset their year. They have still kind of yet to announce much, mainly because of COVID. Japan's still in yeah. quite a big lockdown and Olympics and all the rest of it. So it's yeah, still very up in the air. Okay, okay. Um, let's move on then to NXT, where we're in the middle of the Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic, uh, which is taking up a lot of television time. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it, I have to say. Um, the you know, I'm, I'm interested to see Thatcher and Champa um go at it uh next week. But um, like Kushida and Ruff, uh, a team together. There was a lot of heel versus heel, face versus face stuff going on in NXT this week. I did, I, I, let's just get into the, the, the buddies. Um, we'll, we'll do a buddy first because it's Dane and Maverick um, who took on MSK. MSK looked great again. But I just think the Dane and Maverick thing has been, you know, from go- it's just been rushed. It's been rushed. It's been rushed along 
too quickly. That hole should have been a build. It just seemed to be like it just, you know, they went from being, you know, frenemies to like this tag team too quickly for me. There should be more of that build of, uh, you know, um, Maverick being that annoying wee guy and and Dane. But I mean, they, they, I mean, they got MSK went over them. Um, but you just wanted to see them do more in the tournament and doing more as a tag team. So I just think they've rushed that whole thing because I thought it had great potential. And I hope they stick with it because it's brilliant and they're really working well as a team. And that whole using um, Drake Maverick as, as a weapon is brilliant, you know. So I just think they've rushed it a bit. I don't know how you guys feel on it, but um, yeah. That, I feel that... like it's the kind of storyline where, and I hope they keep going with it because I think there is somewhere to go, but it almost feels like it's run its course without actually going anywhere. Yeah. It's like it's run its course, but on a treadmill. So it's like, it's just no end anywhere. But I do love the, you know, my, my weekly mention of Serpentico. Uh, they're doing the thing that um, Luther and Serpentico do where they're using them as a weapon, which is a, proper old trope anyway in wrestling yeah, yeah. But I absolutely love that but I just hope that I hope that loss doesn't really I, I know they're not really a win-loss oriented team but I hope it doesn't really stick the brakes on the on the actual thing they were doing with them because I think there is definitely something to do with them yeah no absolutely uh, but otherwise what else are they doing that's the other thing as well isn't it it's not as if either of them like Dane's always just been meandering around since Cross left and Sanity broke up and Maverick's only just come back, really, hasn't he? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to uh, first put over the night, and I've ju- I, I've just realised this, and it's WWE using an actual probably reference from the last couple of years, as opposed to the Vince McMahon references that he uses for comedy and what have you, which are dated back for about ten years ago. But we're you know we've got that Harley Quinn Joker thing going on, and um, with the Fiend and Alexa Bliss and stuff. But I've just realised that the Scarlet. And um, Kelly and Cross, Carrying Cross, sorry, it's like the Red Witch gimmick from uh, Game of Thrones. It's like the, she's like the Red Witch from. So Game he's Stannis and she's Melisandre. Yeah. Is she going to give birth to some kind of weird Carrying Cross shadow? <laughs> going to crawl into the ring and win him the belt? But and is he going to get murdered by his brother? It, it does leave a kind of interesting prospect for me that if. Karen was to go up to the main roster or something like that, she would maybe switch allegiances or, or you know, and she's like looking for the next kind of king kind of idea. And I, I, I just, I like, I think that's what they're, what they're doing with it, but I really like it. So she's obviously the, the mystical, you know, spooky thing going on. And he's just like the straight up hard man wrestling. She's doing all the, you know, spooky stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, I've just realised that, and I really like that. So it's good. that she's going to be part of your Spooky Club faction moving forward? Then we'll talk about Spooky Club faction <laughs> and Spooky Club a bit later on. We've got an update. If you didn't hear uh, last week's episodes of the show, uh, go back and listen to Rab and Grado and Spooky Club. It's good banter. Um, more on that later. But yeah, no, I'm really enjoying that stuff. And you know, they put the, there was a whole thing of this card turned up in Santos Escobar. I don't know why they're putting... I can't see why they'd be putting Carrying Cross up against Santos Escobar. But, you know, it might work. Like, Cruiserweight Carrying Cross. Yeah. <laughs> there was, I, maybe, it's, maybe it's not Carrying Cross. Maybe it's maybe it's someone else, but it was it was hinted that it was Carrying Cross. Can anyway, maybe be the first man to hold both the NXT and the Cruiserweight Championship. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Potentially, but yeah, um, like where it's going. And talking about that as a whole, you know, the the way they're booking NXT at the moment and the way the creative are are, are putting the show together, I think is 
is getting done really, really well. You know, segments are make sense. For example, we had a, a segment about Imperium, uh, which ran a, a, a promo ran for it, obviously with the return of Alexander Wolf. Um, saying that they're dominating the world, you know, with what were on, you know, in NXT UK and, and the rest of them over in America. And it was, it kind of, it makes sense. You know, they're, they're, they're making things make sense because last week I was on here talking about the loss, of, you know, the fact that water wasn't there and, and what have you. But it just seems to be a really well-booked show and not like, you know, we're going to talk about Raw, which... I think there's been improvements on, but it just seems that this makes sense and this flows really, really well as a show. So hats off to the production and the creative on NXT. I think they're doing a really good job. It went through a bit of a sticky patch, but I think it's back on track. So happy with that and happy with a lot of things. Um, I was going to do another buddy, but I would say, where's Pat? Come on. Where's Pat? You know, we've we've got, um, you know, Pete Dunn dropping, <laughs> dropping off only Larkin and Danny Burch like he's his da-da. You know, dropping them off at the cinema and giving them ten pound, going, "Oh, you on you go, have a great time. I'll see you back here at ten o'clock after your match." But um, yeah, it's yeah. I want I want to see I want to see um, Pat back. Bring back Pat. That's what I say. Um, match of the night. A uh, lot of good stuff going on. I'm going to have to give it to the Birch Lorkin uh, and Kyle Finn main event. Um, the tag match there. I really enjoyed that. What is, I just see that stuff go further. Who I want to see, I want to see grizzled young veterans up against Birch and Lorkin. Give me that match. I will pay good money to see that because I think... You're not just complaining about too many heel versus heel dynamics. <laughs> I know, but that would be just battering each other. It would be very, very good. So I want to see that, but yeah. Uh, that was NXT and let's move on to SmackDown. It was a go-home show ahead of the Rumble. So it was a really good show. Um, the last segment ended up being three matches. And if you counted that one match as, as one match, there was only three matches on the show. There was a lot of segments. So mm. we'll start at the beginning. Um, Daniel Bryan's in the ring. He's cutting a great promo how he's going to win the Rumble. Could be his last chance to do it. Thanks to Alpha Academy for getting him into great shape. He's in shape for the Rumble. His hips are loose. His cardio's great. And the thing that really made this segment for me, someone behind them had a dog on their Thunderdogs, uh, Thunderdome screen. So it was the Thunderdog. <laughs> and AJ Styles and Omas come out after that, and the dog's gone. So must have got booted. Very disappointing. But um, AJ comes out, he says he's out via the brand invitational, and he challenged Brian um, to a match later that night. Great stuff, no complaints. First buddy of the night, Big E trying to bribe Sonia Deville with a dollar to find out what his Royal Rumble number is. Absolutely shite again. <laughs> so at least it wasn't a pancake. This... Look at it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if this is going to be a running joke. Every week somebody's going to try and bribe Sonia. We're going to see how it goes. But um, at this point, Miz and Morrison show up as well, and they tease that they're going to cash in. So. Yep, that appearance from Miz and Morrison as well. My second buddy, unfortunately, is Corbin versus Dominic. Now, I've got no problems with Dominic, but having Corbin batter him every week and getting saved by Ray does not make him look good. Yeah. I'd like to see him on NXT or maybe 205 Live having great matches, you know, with some of the younger talent. I, I think that there is a place for him on the roster, but they're not using him well. I think Dominic... Sense. 
I think Dominic should be put down to NXT as well and just get the the air miles and get used to you know because like you say, um, bronze. It's it's just um, he's you know getting battered because he can't you can't feasibly put him up you know against someone like Corbin and put him over Corbin. No, I'm saying that he did a bit mm-hmm. with Seth, right enough, but. You know, I, I think never really went like, over Seth, and I think Seth's a lot more of a ring general than Baron is by this stage. Yeah, yeah. So no, I think. Do do you think you Gary you should stay up on the main roster, or would you be up from going back down to NXT? I would rather see him on NXT, but again, I'm not quite sure. I think the maybe the logic behind it is that there's no many ridiculously polished guys that he would work with on NXT that only in big programs. Whereas yeah. on the main the main roster inverted quotes there is, I, I think the Corbin stuff I'm willing to try and give it a go because I think it got disbanded ever so slightly because Rhea and Dominic both tested positive for COVID in December, um, and yeah. so there was a, a a wee while where it wasn't a thing, but again I just it's it's the same as on on Raw which I'm not even going to bury it. There's a that storyline with Charlotte, Rick, and Lacey, and it's just like. <sighs> two weeks yet is too long and I feel like the Corbin Mysterio stuff has been like that for months now uh, and Buddy Murphy isn't even there anywhere yeah. which he was like the main part of it so I, I just think the idea maybe he <laughs> went like, home for a visit and has been trapped in Australia ever ah, you might, might be, might be yeah. something like that but I, I just think Dominic you know he started off with like that match that shocked us all and was absolutely amazing. And I think he's had like good matches and then just ended up locked in a storyline that's not really doing anything for him and definitely not doing anything for Baron Corbin either. No. I always felt like they were going to have, they had some big ideas for Dominic the way they debuted it. They debuted him, they had all the Mysterio family and it just seems like it's kind of, they got him like halfway up the mountain and then it just let him fall right back down the other side. Yeah, true. true. Yeah. Sorry, Paul, uh, a little aside there about Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> and um, last put over, I want to put over the, the final segment. Um, like I was saying, it gets a bit confusing because it turned into three matches and it was 32 minutes long plus advert time as well. So it was very long. So it started off as Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Cesaro's on commentary. Sami Zayn comes out with more signs being a wee dick again. Big E comes out, Nakamura comes out, it turns into a six-man tag. Miz and Morrison then show up, Otis shows up, and they say it's a ten-man tag, but there's only nine people, which <laughs> was just very confusing. Sheamus then showing up towards the end of the match. Everyone hit their finisher. Sheamus then got the win, and then Braun coming out and battered everybody. His SmackDown went off the air and declared that he was going to be in the Rumble. So it was a good segment, but... It was very long and very confusing at the same time. So yeah. I saw that. I saw about that segment online, but I actually missed SmackDown. Uh, I was on like a video chat in Mario Kart, which is sometimes better than watching WWE. Um, <laughs> but did, did they actually uh, did they explain why Raw superstars were there? Mm-hmm. It, it was just because of the the quarterly superstar. Oh, oh, far right. Oh, far. Yeah. <laughs> do you, how do you guys feel about the fact they kind of pulled Braun out in the last minute and kind of gave him away? Because that surely would have been one of the good big surprises we'd have got in a very like limited surprise rumble. Aye, maybe. I, I don't know how many people are going to pop for Braun Strowman. Nah. Yeah, that's kind of the point. It's not really that big a surprise. I like the guy, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Match tonight, Paul. 
definitely had to be Bailey versus Bianca. Um, Bailey pulling on her ponytail and shouting "ding dong" was definitely a highlight of that match. And um, Bianca got the surprise win with the KOD for for the win. Yeah, really good match. Bianca, Bianca's ponytail has been fucking abused this week, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, Naomi pulled herself was. back into the ring with it. Great. That was a great spot. Uh, shout out to Bailey as well with the coal um, thing into the back of her, carved out the back of her hair and he wasn't on commentary. <laughs> I love that. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Definitely match of the night. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. It is the big moment. We love it every week. Are we going to get a big sigh from Gary or is Raw going to get Post rumble, the thumbs up. Raw was good. Oh, Billy! Oh, <laughs> wow! At twenty past three last night, I looked at the clock and went, "I've not looked at the clock, like no looked at the clock in a way. I fuck how long's left on this this full time." So, uh, I, it was a good draw. It wasn't perfect by any means, but it, it was a lot better than it's been for the past couple of months, at least. Um, first put over. We've already mentioned them. Damien Priest, I always say it, you know, WWE has got all the resources in the planet to make somebody look like a big star on their debut. Sometimes they do it really well and sometimes they don't do it so well. Keith Lee is probably the prime example of the latter. Um, Damien Priest, I know a lot of people weren't, you know, a lot of wrestling fans at least weren't big on Bad Bunny being at the Royal Rumble and didn't like his performance. Me included is not my kind of thing, but for me, knowing that the guy's like the most listened to artist on Spotify over is 2020, it? knowing that he's aye mental, um, but knowing that he's wrong, got I that didn't know who he was until Sunday night. <laughs> I didn't until I uh, subtitled news that mentioned that Spotify fact is the only reason I know. Um, but I know he's you know, major artist, I think he's got like ridiculous views on YouTube, so I know why he was there. A big wrestling fan as well, didn't he disgrace himself when he done his leap for the top rope? But anyway, he ended up on Raw. And they paired Damien Priest with this guy. So I'm going, first of all, that's, you know, that shows massive investment in somebody to put. Somebody that's just came for NXT, they've put him in the the thing that's going to make mainstream news, essentially. They've done that. Had a Miz and Morrison segment uh, with Bad Bunny in the ring, the Miz TV segment. And they introduced, uh, or, or Bad Bunny introduced his new pal, Damien Priest. Damien Priest came out and, you know, his entrance in NXT is good anyway. And I've moaned about how much I hate the Damien Priest name. Alex feels the same way. I know about the preferring when he was uh, Punishment Martinez. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think I'm finally sold. I think it's fine. I think they've packaged them the right way just with this one. The Royal Rumble debut uh, and then the debut on Raw. Following that. the sexy I, white pants. No, no, he was wearing his uh, black leather gear. Yeah, yeah, um, but do you think he'll go back to the kind of playboy kind of Damien Priest that we saw in NXT? I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna do with him what they were gonna try and do with Baron Corbin when they first went up. I think he's gonna be the the guy that bridges the gap for WWE into like metal music and, and everything that surrounds that. I think they're gonna go with that kind of route. But I don't mind if they do the Playboy look. I think it was brilliant at it. Um, yeah. But no, they had him come out and do the the entrance. You know, where he turns to the screen, shoots his uh, imaginary <laughs> arrow as the Archer of Infamy does. He likes shooting an imaginary arrow and that's it. But they done that, came out, faced him as, I wouldn't say a, de- a decisive win, but like he won against a former WWE champion on his debut. Brilliant, absolutely amazing. You're like, right, he's been put over as much as he possibly can. 
And then he appears later in the show as well, gets a third appearance and a third different segment. While Edge is walking to the ring, they do the, I want to say Cena Undertaker for 2000 and... Two? 2002. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I was like trying to remember back to SmackDown and I'm going, definitely 2000 something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've done the same thing where um, Edge essentially shakes his hand, says, good performance, pretty much, straps a rocket to him and lets everybody know, watch this guy because he's brilliant. So um, I absolutely amazing. I can't remember the last time that in the space, uh, fair enough, across three segments of a show, but in the space of about 20 minutes, they made this guy essentially a, a nobody which because we've seen him at the Rumble, people that don't watch NXT are going to go, who's that? Uh, to the casual fans, he is now the biggest star in WWE because he was with Bad Bunny, he's beat a, double, a former champion and a Hall of Famer's endorsed him. So they'd just done everything right with him. Absolutely love it. Can't wait to see what Damien Priest is going to do next. Um, but Barry's, it's bad to say, it's actually a tough week to, to bury much. Um, there wasn't much that was that bad that, it would have been a bury last week. <laughs> so um, I am, I'm not even really sure. What I, I've not got any buries written down, but I feel like the show wasn't that good that I can't bury anything. So my bury is actually going to be the fact that Rhea Ripley didn't appear um, because I think they could do with her a lot more on Raw than they could on SmackDown. No saying she's going to go to SmackDown, of course. She might be an NXT for another couple of weeks and then go to Raw. But, the, you know, the elimination of Alexa Bliss made me think, right, they're going to stick her straight on Raw and we're going to be, you know, strapping her and, and sending her to the moon the same way they did with Damien Priest. But they didn't do that. So, you know, I feel like it was a wee bit of a missed opportunity. Hope she doesn't go to SmackDown because we've got Sasha, Bailey, Bianca, you know, um, Carmella is obviously a main event all there now as well. And then you've got like Riot Squad and, and all that as well, Natalia. So I, I feel like putting the there's a bit of a mistake they could do with a lot more on Raw. That's a bit of a bury. And I guess I'll also bury the fact they've kept going with the Lacey and Charlotte and Ric Flair stuff because it's just a bit boring. Um, yeah. I did have one other... that Rick got confused which one his daughter was? And then it makes it a funny storyline. Well, I, <laughs> I kind of prefer that to my thinking is actually that they're trying to combat people saying that Charlotte is there through nepotism and trying to do a storyline that is the opposite of that. Why um, are you doing that like four years after she's fucking yeah, debuted? So yeah. I think it might be that, but I'm not. Obviously, that's just a bit of a theory. Um, but my only other bit I had written down was two words, and it's Jackson Riker. Um, well, there you go. Don't need him. Dad, feel, feel sorry for Elias being trapped in that uh, storyline. But in saying that, we had in 2021 a match that saw Jeff Hardy and Carlito tag teaming. So yes. my, <laughs> my second put over is just seeing Jeff Hardy and Carlito together. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. We, uh, we, did talk, we did talk about Carlito actually. No. We talk about the rumble. How jacked does Carlito look? He looks better than he did when he was first wrestling. Well, I don't know if you've seen the story recently where Jim Ross spoke about how um, he believes Carlito didn't reach his full, uh, full potential. Yeah. And he said that Carlito would have been a Hall of Famer when it came to um, being with the ladies. So I'm wondering if it's the opposite of that and he, he looks so jacked because he's celibate or if it's the opposite and he's not just pumping iron. Um, <laughs> like the, like the guy he looks like he is just went absolutely... Crazy on the way, it's ended up like 
jacked as anything. Obviously, he's accentuated. You know, we know he's got that, you know, the amazing hairstyle of the trademark. But accentuated that, his hair looks even longer. He's got the wee goatee. They gave him the AK entrance at the Rumble. Teamed him with Jeff Hardy on Raw, which is just absolutely brilliant. It made me think, I really hope this, the rumour is that he was back for a producer tryout, but that's the same story as MVP last year, had his last match. No look at MVP, I'm hoping we get the same with Carlito, I'd love to see him back. Only annoyance is he's a face, because that guy is a heel, is absolutely incredible. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And maybe, I, I, I just thinking Legado del Fantasma doing something with you know there's a lot there's a lot of potential there with Carlito I hope he stays around because I, I love the Carlito character maybe you know he is a heel come on he's a heel that's how he thrives so, and yeah. he's but apple in people's faces now though because of yeah. COVID so. exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, match of the night Gary sorry match of the night I think no matter what happened on Raw this was always going to be match of the night because I thought it was going to be another, you know, Triple H or Orton, Triple H v Orton or a Paul Heyman v Adam Pearce and it wasn't going to happen. And I was counting down the minutes when we got to the end, end of Raw. They announced during the show, which is always the one that Edge would face Randy Orton in the main event. When you announce something during the show that's that big, I'm like, well, if you've not announced it beforehand, it's not to get viewers. So it's for a big swerve. We got the match. Edge competed on Raw for the first time in singles action in over 10 years. Last match was the 31st of January 2011 against The Miz. And then he done a tag match two months later. But it was against Del Rio and Brodus Clay, so obviously it doesn't count. Um, but we had Edge versus Randy Orton, which again, gave my new opponent as preferable. But the fact we had that match was brilliant. I know a lot of people are not going to like it. And I refrain from putting it in my putovers because of that. But the Alexa Bliss stuff, again, I thought was brilliant during it. They, they had... Pretty balanced match, pretty brutal match as well. Like, was a proper match. Edge wasn't being protected in any way more than any other wrestler would be. Randy Orton starts to get the upper hand. Randy Orton um, does the DDT for the, you know, the vintage Orton DDT for the apron, uh, for the apron, sorry, for the second rope. Um, and then has Edge set up, goes to the corner, does his thing where he goes to his knees, slaps the mat, gets ready for the RKO. I don't know why, but Rockabye Baby was the lullaby they started playing for this. And then Alexa Bliss, who had interacted with Orton on the way to the ring, is sitting on the top turnbuckle. Many put over here because I don't think a lot of people that don't watch horror movies would get it, but she started bleeding black blood for her mouth on the apron to distract Orton. The full thing in horror movies for that is normally that signifies that somebody is possessed which would lead into the storyline they've been doing where with the Fiend possessing her and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I like that. But then we had Edge spearing Randy Orton, pinning him one, two, three. Edge winning a singles match in the main event of Raw. Maybe Raw was so good last night because they've just took us back 10 years ago. But that for me was always going to be a match of the night because Edge wrestled and won. And surely that's the end of Edge versus Orton for now. Can oh, we, we've it's been home so <laughs> I think that was, they, they kind of built that with a couple of promos beforehand that it was looking towards being the end but I feel like we've had that a few times now <laughs> I think we all know what the end. main event of Wrestlemania is going to be oh, <laughs> Randy uh, takes the title off Drew in the chamber boys well they might need to get to Randy Orton uh, Randy Orton's 16th title run to uh, get tied <laughs> we've seen that uh, in Flair now so you never know no I don't I, I'm going to after la last night's Raw it's filled me with that much confidence I'm going to say that's us we've ended that storyline Edge is going to go into something Everything's going to be good for now, and let's watch you into Raw next week. It's going to be a good show, and I'm, wow. I'm positive. I'm optimistic. I See like how long this. 
this is great. It's the first time in months I've had a positive review of Raw. Fantastic. Um, Paul, thanks for coming on as ever doing smart. Remember, if you want to take Paul on for the title and come on, he's open to challenges. You know, you can cut a promo on all these other marks out there if you want, Paul. Um, Get yourselves on. Smartdown's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, the brawl apparently up until this week. It's yeah, not absolutely. a punishment, folks. <laughs> it used to be, but well, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll hope we see you again next week. Uh, remember, you can get a bunch of putovers for Rab and Gradle on the main show. Uh, do that on our Twitter, Wrestling Daft, on Insta, Wrestling Daft Podcast, or simply Wrestling Daft on the Facebook. Okay, dokie. Um, if you want more content from Wrestling Daft, it's very easy to get that. It's so easy. You just go onto the interweb, you type in patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. That's patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Wrestling Daft. All one word. On there, you will find a variety of different tiers, not the bad tiers that we're used to in lockdown, the good tiers, which give you extra content from us. Tier 1, Cruiserweight Champion, 4 bucks a month, ad-free versions of the episodes, early episode access, Patreon-only chat community, bonus content, full video version of this podcast, vote on the list of wrestling draft and vote on Fantasy Booking Island, you can do that all just for $4 a month. Tier 2, the IC Champion, about £7-odd, pounds. everything from Tier 1, plus a video version of the show with Rab and Grado so you can see all the mischief they get up to when we record. Um, you also get invited to... Mischief the word when it comes to Grado? You know that it sounds so innocent. Yes, yeah, he's always... Uh, you get invited to our Patreon pay-per-view parties as well. Uh, like we were discussing earlier on, I was going to do WrestleMania Saturday night for the, the big one, but we might do AEW or Elimination Chamber in between. AEW has been moved to a Sunday, John, remember? Oh, we might not do that. It's been moved to Sunday the 7th of March because oh, we didn't want to go up against uh, certain UFC. sports and I think and change yeah, the venue and COVID and all the rest of it. I don't, we'll, it's a shame. Well, we'll, we'll see we might do that but you get a bonus episode once a month uh, We it's a bit back in time we did do one there at the weekend Rab and Gradle did a Royal Rumble preview uh, worth listening to because Gradle talks about how they book a Rumble match Rumble matches he's been involved in uh, get on listen to that we'll be doing a Dafties at some point as well in the next week or so uh, when we look back at our favourite bits of um, January we'll maybe get a couple of beers and do that this weekend at some point so we'll get that up and you can, you can hear that that'll be February's bonus episode episode uh, world tier 3 world heavyweight champion $20 a month everything in the previous tiers plus you get free wrestling daft t-shirt design of your choice chance to come on or the first chance to come on this show as a mark or on the run-in um, talking about t-shirt designs big shout out to friend of the show uh, wrestling figure designer extraordinaire Kyle Customs um, has done it we were t- Rab and Gradle were talking about um, Spooky Club on last week's <laughs> episode which Gradle basically went to like a medium club which he called the Spooky Club in Stevenson Um, we talked about how he went down to Irvine and pretended to be a medium himself Um, and we have got a design based on the Bullet Club uh, t-shirt 
with Spooky Club on it. It is incredible. We're going to put that up, shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. That's our merch stop where we'll get all our merch. Uh, and we'll see how long that lasts before we get a cease and desist from New Japan who are all over this kind of stuff. So we'll wait and see how we get on. Um, so you'll get that. Uh, plus you can pick it up as a, as a t-shirt if you sign up and you're on in there for three months as a World Heavyweight Champion. So that is all the Patreon chat. Get on board. We'd love to welcome you to our roster. It's a great wee community we've got up there. We, we all know each other. We all chat to each other. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. Eh. That, that was your first Royal Rumble buzzer there. Um, Royal Rumble, we're just fresh off the back, and there's obviously stories that come with that as we go on the road to WrestleMania and point at that sign several times. Gary, what's the fallout from the Rumble, man? I, well, actually, I've just got a press release there that's came for WWE that Drew McIntyre's releasing his first book. A book oh. about Drew McIntyre's life is coming out on April wow. 22nd. Oh, um, my so God. I, if there is not a chapter about Grado, I will be so disappointed. <laughs> so will he. I will... It is, it's, it's about his full life, um, apparently, for... Um, Tells the incredible life story and his journey from a small village in Ayrshire, Scotland, to the global spotlight of WWE. Um, pretty much just says it goes through his full life and career uh, and will be released on April 22nd. So, mm-hmm. aye, there you go. Cover is a, covers a belt. It's just a photo I drew with championship, and it's Drew McIntyre, my story, a chosen destiny, Britain's first WWE champion. So, aye. Chapter um, Drew versus Grado. Come on. <laughs> So I looking forward to that, but uh, that's literally just came through there. But you know, well, he's kind of Royal Rumble news because he beat Goldberg. Um, that that may have a wee end part in the book, depending on how late it goes to. Uh, but obviously, a load of returns as we've already spoken about. With that, you know, we did mention MVP. It always comes out that oh, you know, will they be back for one more if they're cleared to be in a rumble? Would they be back for any anything else other than that? And obviously, Christian is the the big news. Yeah. He apparently was only cleared to return a week before the Royal Rumble, wow. um, which is, yeah, PW Insider, always pretty pretty on the ball with stuff like that. Um, Mike Johnson saying that, apparently cleared a week before the Royal Rumble um, for in-ring action. He, he looked pretty good. Uh, didn't he look like he was showing any effects to me? So, interestingly, they've reported that he might have signed a part-time deal going forward. They don't mention anything about matches or anything like that, but Christian did do the, you know, WWE exclusive interview, the thing they do on social media. And they tweeted out as well afterwards saying, you know, it, all he wanted was to go on his own terms, similar to Edge, uh, and we've seen where that has gone. And he said, if that was it, at least he's, you know, went out in his own terms, but if it's not, and then had a wee ellipsis there. So you never that know, it's that- like... They're maybe just moving Randy Orton onto Christian instead of Edge. 
No, my hope <laughs> is that we'll get, um, I, I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, but my hope is we get Edge targeting Roman Reigns and then we get either Edge and Christian versus Reigns and Jey Uso or Edge and Christian v. The Usos because that would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, yeah, um, I think I think they, they, they should, they need to do something with the tag division. We've talked about it so long. Put Edge and Christian in as a kind of, you know, back and get put the straps on them, man. Do you know what I mean? Get all the young ones chasing Don't give them. Give all the belts to Edge at once. He's just he, the man needs like a month off after his rumble iron man job. Such so a, mark. Match Such a mark, He's wrestled an hour and a half in the last two days. That's that, more exercise than I've done in this fucking year. That was the thing I didn't even mention with the <laughs> Robbie event. He was in the opening segment of Raw and he looked like he was limping to the ring. He looked like he'd been through a war <laughs> and went another half an hour with Andy Orton. Someone uh, in the pay-per-view I... party pointed out that every time he does a movie, he like, holds his right bicep <laughs> and we're all like, oh no, don't get her again, don't get her again. Aki's just he's selling it the same way Daniel Bryan does and Sasha <laughs> Banks every time they get a, a big bump. But aye, so you never know, might get Christian back and then Carlito, as we mentioned, um, was apparently on a track out for a producer role, wrestled a match, might get him back. So uh, here's hoping because I think they both looked absolutely brilliant. So hopefully we get two of them back. If, if no, um, then maybe one of them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and Cesaro, um, rumours are that his contract runs out really soon. Aye, so, um, you know, might have someone going in the opposite direction out of the company that I wouldn't want to see leaving. But, you know, Cesaro is somebody we know will be a success no matter where he goes. Interesting one because they've not done a great deal with him up until about the past couple of months in terms of, you know, actually pushing him as a singles competitor. And now he's been looking incredible in the lead up to the Royal Rumble. It looked like it was starting to become one of the favourites for the Rumble match uh, just by, you know, pinning several WWE or former WWE champions, uh, Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler. But... Rajgiri Wrestling Inc. reporting that Cesaro's contract ends right after WrestleMania. It's no something that's really unusual in any way uh, that somebody's contract would end, you know, right after WrestleMania because we've seen that several times. The, the main one that you go back to is John Moxley. Uh, and the reason I would mention that in particular is because what we learned for John Moxley's contract ending is that there is no, no compete. So they can go anywhere immediately after if they don't re-sign the contract. We also seen WWE with that again around this time of year. The news came out and they actually put it out first and said he's chosen not to re-sign. Obviously, they had horrendous storylines. WWE haven't said anything official on this one yet, worth noting. Um, and there's no news as to you know how the contract discussions could go if he's been offered a new one. Um, if he's going to be like intending to re-sign a new one, you'd have to think they would offer him one. Um, but, you know, whether they would be re-signing one. But it's the kind of thing where you look at the past year and how many people that Cesaro is undoubtedly friends with that have ended up in AEW, ended up in Impact and all that kind of thing. So want to keep an eye on. Uh, obviously, now that the news is out there that his contract's ending, if wrestling companies didn't know, which you'd assume they would, because it's their business to to, to yeah. find out these things that they might be hovering about. Uh, and also worth noting that no, all the speculation is going to be running wild. So I expect we'll be talking about that for many more uh, many more weeks and months up until Royal up until Royal Rumble, or WrestleMania, and see if Cesaro does indeed stay or if he goes. What would you do if you were Cesaro and AEW coming offer you a better contract? It's a really interesting one. I think it depends what the wrestler wants. Um, he's 
he's kind of made it no secret on interviews and podcasts in the past that he feels like he's more charismatic, and I agree with him that than, than he gets credit for. And I think on the microphone the past few weeks, he's got the chance to prove that. Yeah. But I think it depends if if he truly has aspirations of winning a world title, he might need to think, is that possible in WWE? Or, you know, would I need to go elsewhere? But at the same time, you also maybe look elsewhere and go, would I get that elsewhere? Well, because that's what I was going to say. Is it, I mean, that's Send it. Him to impact. Send him to Impact. Do, well, impact. That, that's, ah, you definitely would get a title there. Yeah, yeah you definitely <laughs> get a title with Impact. That's for sure. Uh, but if, he, if he's looking across the pond at AEW, that main event picture at the moment is pretty stacked, and there's a lot of people standing in front of him. You mentioned Miro. You've got Lance Archer there. You've got, um, you know, I guess Darby Allen's got to be mentioned in that Hangman Page. Yep. You know, there is and then a you even look at Jericho and Matt Hardy and all the guys yeah. that were above him in WWE when he was... <laughs> I you think this is only the beginning of the Omega title reign as well, and they've obviously got booking for this Omega title reign the way they started with Callus. so... I think the best thing that you can say is, and this obviously goes back to, you know, the way it was many years ago, uh, but the best thing you can say about him now is, is if his contract is going to end in two months, he has a lot of leverage that uh, if he's going to you know, play the game and wait and grind it out all the way until it's near that end. You know, it could easily debut somewhere right after WrestleMania. It could play the game, have WWE, you know, on tent or hooks, and then it's up to him if he decides to take a deal or if he goes elsewhere. So I'm really looking forward to it. If anything, it's the kind of thing that makes it a lot more exciting to watch Cesaro going forward because we're all going to be wondering what he's doing. Absolutely. Well, as a wise man once said, it's all about the game and how you play it. Um, so, yeah, th- thanks very much for the news as ever, Gary. The sun is shining, the weather is sweet. Yeah, it makes you want to move those dancing feet. Um, I've used that I've used that intro before while we're talking about song lyrics. Um, yeah, we're back on Fantasy Booking Island. Last week we were set the booking of booking Conor McGregor, who obviously just lost in the UFC and the rumours that... Well, we, we thought he might turn up at the remote. In fact, no one thought he was turning up. No, we didn't. <laughs> no, we didn't. Uh, but... Obviously, the whispers, as usual, are in the wind that he is heading to Stanford and heading to the WWE. I'll believe it when I see it, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. Uh, so we were asked to book McGregor's first six months in the WWE. Um, Gary, you won the last booking, which was uh, Gradle with the, the 24th. No, no, it was... Um, Last booking, which was all the gimmicks just thrown into one, wasn't it? Was it the Gradle 24 title? Ah, it was the ah, it was a Gradle one. Ah, it was the Gradle 24 seven title. Um, so, what would you like to do? Would you like to go first, or would you like to nominate myself or Alex? I'm gonna take the L and I'm gonna go first because I know that I'm just gonna be horrendous at this. So I'll go first. Well, the rules are um, simple. You've got two minutes on the clock to book. Conor McGregor in WWE and your time starts now. I was going to be a complete dick and either put him in the 205 Live in the Cruiserweight Division Sorry. or uh, have him job out to R-Truth for the 24-7 title, that. but I've decided against that. Oh, you would have won with that. <laughs> I was also very tempted to have Sheamus as his manager because I just think that'd be money, but I know that Sheamus has kind of called him out. Um, so I, John looks like I've gave the game away there. So what I'm actually going to go with is that we're going to have Matt Riddle adopt the fight pit match as his new thing. He, he ends up beating Bobby Lashley in it. 
and then ends up relinquishing the United States Championship because he goes, I'm not here for titles, I'm here for the pay packet and the money that I get for doing fight pit matches, much like in UFC, is much more than I would ever earn in wrestling matches. So I'm just going to do fight pit matches. Adopts the Ken Shamrock gimmick, runs through absolutely everybody in fight pit matches, much like we had the Lions then. Um, so we end up having that gone for a wee while and he's beating all the, all the wrestlers that you'd expect him to beat. You know, we've just brought Raw Underground it to the front, <laughs> pretty much so that the fans that are back in can see it. We have him run through absolutely everybody. He ends up taking down, you know, all, all your uh, Arturo Ruaz and, and all the people that have, uh, you know, crossed over for UFC, but one of the quite big names. And then we get Matt Riddle taking on Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And Matt Riddle gets injured. And the person that you bring back is Conor McGregor. Just so you can get Conor McGregor versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania in an octagon, uh, just so that WWE can cash in on that UFC coin. So that is literally all I went with. I'm not even going to build up to it and bigger than it is. I'm just saying Brock Lesnar, Conor McGregor in an octagon at WrestleMania. Book it. Book it. Right, who's going next then, me or Alex? I'll do it. I'll do it since we've only given your game away, John. John's game away, so let him him have some time to adapt and do it, Alex. We're going to start by putting Seamus as Conor McGregor's man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't actually want to put Conor McGregor in WWE, so I'm going to do something completely different. So I want Dana White and Conor McGregor to call out Vince McMahon on some kind of Fox show and call wrestling fake. So Vince McMahon turns up with his boy, Big Bork Lesnar, to confront Dana and Connor. But it's not just him because, you know, wrestling's bigger than WWE. So out of nowhere appears Tony Khan with Jake Hager. And of course, Don Callis turns up with the man, the myth, the legend that is Ken Shamrock. And it can all lead to an actual real legitimate fight. We'll make a hell in an octagon. So we'll, we'll build an octagon bigger. We'll put a cage on top, but we'll do it on a boat. We'll rip off the John Oliver pay-per-view title of UFC. Million dollars, Bork versus Connor versus Hager versus Shamrock. Legit fight. I think that'd be way better. Done. <laughs> I don't care Alex. who wins. I just want to see it. Alex, you've had two weeks to think about this booking. That is, that is not your typical booking. You usually come with a notepad and pen, writing it out, reciting it. You've done that in 50 seconds. Well, I, I, I may have gotten slightly drunker than I intended last night, and as such, my brain has been below par during my work day, and as such, I just... You've had two weeks, week. Alex McRoberts, two weeks. You complained about this for so long, and moaned and moaned and bitched about it, and now you've had two weeks to make the booking, and you got too drunk last night, you go and stand in the corner. I'm sorry, John, it won't happen again. Right, okay. Right, someone start the timer on me. Here we go. Right, you'll never guess what's going to happen here. So, Conor McGregor comes into the city. There's a whole thing I'm signing with all the you know the papers at the WWE that it's it's dealt with like a I guess like a a big sign for a boxing match. You know, like they do at the UFC, big press conference with the people asking them questions and stuff like that. Um, but he can't wrestle really. He, you know, he needs to learn the way. So Hayden, who comes there, our good Irish friend Seamus. So Seamus takes him under his wing. We cut to, you know, in big build-up packages. We cut to Seamus training McGregor up. Then McGregor just starts in that way that Lesnar did. He just 
on a go, almost like a Goldberg, going through people. You know, starting off at the, you know, the, the kind of lower end, building his way up. You know, we're going through guys, we're building up. Uh, you know, we hit that riddle match um, at some point. In the meantime, in the background, Sheamus uh, is one is turned full heel um, and uh, got the the world title. We have this whole buddy kind of you know Mickey Rocky relationship, but you kind of McGregor's more of a face in this one as opposed to Framish is turning heel. This eventually comes while McGregor's went through the titles. He's picked up the US title. Uh, he's the big man. He's starting to get a bit more heel as well. Then we come to a heel versus heel match. Um, it builds up to WrestleMania with Conor McGregor fighting Sheamus at WrestleMania after it's, he turns on Sheamus and we get some wonderful heel promos from McGregor. Basically defunct in wrestling, all that sort of stuff. And that is my booking as well, which is a bit of shit as well. But there we go. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of Paul calling Kettle Black there, John. Is all I'm I was there. I, I was. Really head, I had a better in my head, but I kept looking at my watch, and the time was just going. I think we've all got past the stage that we've uh, that we've stopped timing them. Really, to be fair, so. No, I, I was timing that because I was really hoping that John, despite us both giving away his booking, was going to overrun and disqualify himself. <laughs> <But then, laughs> I started to feel a bit bad because that happened like three weeks in a row, so I've just kind of stopped timing to let him off. Like, oh right, you, right stop oh, the <laughs> uh, So yeah, there you go. There's Fantasy Booking Island. I kind of back of the fag packet Fantasy Booking Island from all three of us this week. We have. I think I think this is John's fault for organising a pay per view. Patreon party on a Monday night, so that's potentially it's my fault. So Gary, I'm gonna blame. I think blame whoever it was that created it because I don't give a shit about Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> that's my main excuse. <laughs> Gary, what is your booking in a sentence? Um, Conor McGregor versus Brock Lesnar in an octagon at WrestleMania. Alex, Orc versus McGregor versus Shamrock versus Hager. And I'm going for the old. Seamus manager turning uh, for all Irish feud at WrestleMania with uh, both titles on the line as US title goes against heavyweight title. And by the way, McGregor's going over in that one as well and uh, is going to be an arsehole after that. So, yep, that is my booking. Oh, yeah, uh, after that, he's going to be an arsehole. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you can vote on that. Get on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling dad. And we'll be looking for your suggestions for a booking uh, as we announce the results and the next booking next week. Not that it matters, because Alex has had two weeks and he's not even bothered his arse. So uh, that's it for this week's Wrestling Daft Marks. Thank you very much for listening. We do really do appreciate it. And if you do appreciate the show, please hop on to Apple, give us a wee rate, review, subscribe. Um, you know, give us five stars. That'd be really nice, wouldn't it? Uh, so you can get that, um, or and you get us every Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever you get your podcast, depending on how quickly I can turn around the edit. Um, Rap and Gradle are back on Friday with the headline show. Um, all the usual stuff. List of wrestling daft. This week, let me just check the Patreon poll. Very exciting. It was between. Uh, your favourite uh, colour commentator or your favourite commentator as a whole, and we're going to be ranking them. What do you think we'd win that one, guys? 
Well, I would go for Taz, but I think people are going to go for um, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. I think that's always going to be the way. But I would go for Taz because I'm a pure mark for Taz. Yeah, so it was best colour commentator that actually won the vote. Who's your favourite colour commentator of all time, Alex? Now I'd be really crazy and say the Pope D'Angelo De Niro. No, I'm joking. That was just a wild one out there because he used to say silly things on commentary. I quite like Excalibur. I think Excalibur's oh, really Wow, really? Uh, yeah, and I think I think he needs I think he needs more up. I think he needs more respect. Alex is only saying this to get the kudos of that person that says we're always burying burying AEW. <laughs> 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 Trying to get uh, plus points. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm I've got to go Jesse the body. Like I just I can't mm. look beyond Jesse the body. Oh no, wait a second. It's, there's, there's Booker T count because of how many ridiculous nonsense that he used to say all the time. And that you can't have Booker so T. Ridiculous. Right. Right. I'm going to wait on someone saying Mike Adamly, even though that can't be said because it was obviously concussion that made him not. How many how many votes do you think JBL is going to get? Can we have the most racist commentator? <laughs> and then he might win it. Um, so yeah, uh, that is the list of wrestling daft this week. We'll have your uh, wrestling daft road stories again. My favourite feature, um, and the pun in is only going to run as a pay per view now. It'll be on once a month. But this week it is on, and the puns are religious based. And I really, we're going to be crossing a very, we're going to be walking a tightrope with this one, I think. Um, I I offer you up Damien Priest, which writes his. I was going to say, Damien Priest is there already, that's it. But I'm looking at some of the, the listeners, they have not disappointed. Uh, I'll give you one here, for, a couple from um, <laughs> Toby Michaels has went for Predo. Give us like a prayer on our level of meaning. There we go. Um, Can we get the former Cruiserweight uh, Classic competitor, Ho Ho Nun? <laughs> yep. All of that. That's what we're looking for. Pun for the religion. Uh, so thank you for that. Get on Twitter. Get involved in that. Um, and remember, if you're not signed up to Patreon, I've mentioned it all the time, but get on board. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling staff helps pay for the show and we do appreciate that um boys anything you want to plug gary you've got oh we're going to have the bushwhackers when can we put that interview out uh that'll be probably next week i guess yeah uh, no, i have not actually listened back to it or started doing it and wait because i've been a wee bit busy the past day but um i that'll be fine for next week so bushwhackers will be um be on the show so you'll just hear me chuckling along so I always forget to mute my microphone when I'm <laughs> listening to the answers oh, to my that's questions what adds to it. I love that so uh, Bushwhackers brilliant the Bushwhackers on the show next week really looking forward to hearing that Alex what I think you? we should just put over the Oceana presence in wrestling we've had we had loads of Australian women in the Rumble we had a Kiwi and now we've even got an Australian no, Kiwis in the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there we go. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Get Gary at Wrestling Gary. Get Alex on Team 3D RS. Get me at Producer John. I don't tweet much like Alex does. But uh, yeah, get, get on Gary because Gary will give you all the wrestling stuff that, that you need. He's all. Gary up. tweets enough for all the events. Yeah, exactly. But then you'll see the shite that I recycle for this show. So uh, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, definitely don't do that. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Wrestling Dad of Arts. Until next time, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 